having goals can be a great way to avoid heartbreak and realizing that you haven't accomplished as much as you would have liked because it's so, so easy to not have goals and sort of go through life and soon you look back five years and you say, wait, what did I actually do in the last five years? And then realize that the answer might be close to nothing. And we want to avoid that as songwriters. So we are talking today in this final episode of the year 2021, how we can create goals for 2022 when it comes to songwriting so that we can set ourselves up for success in 2022. Let's talk about it. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I am your host, Joseph Vidala, as always. And today we're talking about 2022 songwriting goals. Before diving into that, if you haven't already, be sure to grab my free guide on the 10 different ways to start writing a song. It gives you five from a lyrical standpoint or thematic standpoint and five from a more musical standpoint. So whether you prefer lyrics first or music first or, hey, a combination, there are five plus different ways for you. I recommend trying both and doing some of both and always trying to use different methodologies to start writing songs is a great way to keep your creativity fresh. So if you want to keep your creativity fresh, if you want a new way to write a song besides sitting with your acoustic guitar and just trying to come up with a chord progression, go grab that guide. It's at songwritertheory.com slash free guide. Link will be in the description. So 2022 is upon us. And usually you want to plan for 2022 or plan for any year before the year comes, because by the time the year comes, it's a little too late. And what we don't want to do is just have a New Year's resolution, because those are garbage and junk and nobody does them because they're not goals. They're just resolutions. And we can resolve to do a whole bunch of crap, and we probably won't do those things because we don't have a plan. We don't have a real goal, right? They're really just dreams. And dreams are great, but dreams are worthless until they're put into action. And dreams put into action are basically goals. Uh, And I kind of hate how much I just sounded like one of those, like, toxic positivity, like, vlog channel things right there. But you'll have to forgive me if I... But I don't, I don't know if I can forgive myself. But anyway, so the first step to creating goals, especially because we want them to be realistic goals, is to actually take a step back and evaluate what we did last year. Because, for example, if last year you only wrote three songs and you feel like you at least mostly put as much time into songwriting as you would have liked or what your goal would have been, right? So you're not saying to yourself, oh, yeah, it's because I kept watching Netflix instead. But you're like, no, I mean, I put the time in. It's just for whatever reason, only three finished songs came out of this year. If that's the case, then you don't want to have a goal for next year to write 30, right? Because there's no reason, like, why would you be able to do 30 when, if you feel like you at least wrote to 75% of your capacity this year, you only got three, right? And this is a slightly oversimplified way to look at it, but 
what's important here is we want to look back and evaluate at how we did here in 2021 and be honest with ourselves. Because if we're not honest with ourselves, that's how we create garbage goals that then lead to humendous, humendous, humongous <laughs> disappointment. And we don't want that. We want to have goals that push ourselves and aren't easy to accomplish, uh, but ones also that are within the realm of possibility because there's nothing more discouraging than saying, I'm going to write 50 songs this year. I'm going to write a song a week, basically. And then you do 10, right? That feels deflating. But really, 10 might be a good accomplishment for you, but you just set the bar too high. So it feels disappointing. So when, when asking ourselves what went well and what didn't go well, I think there are several specific areas to look. One we've sort of already touched on, which is what was your output, right? And this is, this is the most simple and m most of objective measure, really. The whole idea is how many songs did you not have finished before the year started that by the end of the year were finished songs? And I word it that way because there are so many stages in between and songs can take such a variety of amount of time to complete that, you know, it, it can be difficult to measure sort of, um, you know, the progress from a song idea to a song that's almost done, right? And really, you made a lot of progress there because a song that's almost done is, well, almost done, so maybe it's 95% done, and before is 0% done because you started the song this year, which is great. Um, but it's kind of it's kind of hard to measure that stuff in a very simple way on the outset. So for now, a great place to start is just... How many songs did you finish? From there, you can take a deeper dive into, okay, well, you know, let's say I finished five songs, but also I started 20 other songs and maybe got about halfway, right? Maybe most of the music is written, but the lyrics are still sort of an early development. You know, or, or you could even measure it by how many songs you released, right? How many songs did you release this year? Meaning, you know, Whatever that means to you, but probably putting it up on YouTube, probably putting it up on maybe SoundCloud. Um, by the way, if, if you're going to put music out there, if there's one place I highly recommend it would be YouTube. And there's many reasons for that. One is that YouTube is probably one of the more solid places that isn't going anywhere anytime soon. Right? It's the second biggest search engine on the planet, which is the other reason. People search for stuff on YouTube. And, you know, besides other people who put stuff on SoundCloud, most people don't really, like, who goes to SoundCloud? Other people writing music, usually. Um, so nothing wrong with SoundCloud by any means, but, like, nobody's going to, like, search for a song and uh, the SoundCloud link is probably not going to come up. It, it might if they're searching very specifically. But um, if you're going to choose one thing, just do, like, a lyric video or it can literally just be a picture of the album cover or a, a black background with white text of the name of the song. Who cares? It doesn't really matter. Um, I, I'd put, if you're going to pick one place to keep it simple, pick YouTube. But, you know, so let's say you finished, recorded, and released five songs and then started 20 more. 
or you came up with a ton of song seeds this year. Maybe you have like a hundred different song seeds, song ideas that you have. Uh, and you started developing a decent amount of them, but you don't really have many completed songs. These are all things to look at to evaluate because all of these things contain some information. So for example, for me, uh, I, I tend to slow down quite a bit when it gets to the almost done stage. So this past year, I was supposed to finish an EP and actually release it, but then I got super picky about little details that probably don't matter. Um, and then my voice, I had a cold, so I was like, well, vocals is the last thing I have to do. I'm not going to do it when I have a cold. After all this time, I want to get the vocals right. Um, so that's a part of it. But in that time that I had those five songs almost done, I'm now to the point that the next EP after that, two or three of the songs are already in the sort of almost done department. Uh some lyrics left, but most of it's recorded, lot, lots of stuff done on it. So I tend to freeze up a little bit when it comes to the pre-release type stage. And what illuminates me to that is how many songs I have either in some sort of development or production and how many songs I have that, like, it feels like I constantly stock up on more and more songs that are basically done. Uh, but the actual number of songs released does not go up nearly as much as the songs that are basically or totally done being written. Like as of me recording this podcast, there is literally at least 10, 100% written songs and like Eight or nine of them are 99% recorded as well that are not released. That's my problem I have to fix, right? So I, this is where we're self-evaluating. Maybe for you, releasing isn't the problem. Maybe for you, it's just getting enough song seeds to start with songs. So, But taking this step back and asking, okay, what was my total output? And, you know, sort of how many... Different songs do I have in different stages of development here, right? Do I, do I have a lot of different song ideas? You want a lot of different song ideas. That should be a good thing. You want tons and tons of those because most of them are going to get thrown away. And, you know, and, and then a lot of them are just kind of going to stay there forever and maybe develop a song. Maybe they'll combine with other ideas you get to create a song. You want lots and lots of ideas because ideas are cheap. Um, but also you want enough songs that are in quote unquote development, which when I say development, really what I mean is some level of writing. So whether it's, uh, that you've written some of the music already, or you just have a simple riff and right now you are working on your brainstorm sheet or something, uh, as far as the lyric writing process, which if you don't know what that is, I'll put the link to my six step lyric writing checklist in the show notes as well. It's at songwritertheory.com slash lyric checklist. But the overall idea here is we want to know, okay, realistically, what did we accomplish last year as far as, as objectively as we can answer that question, right? And you, you can measure it based on whatever you want. So let's say for you, you don't care about releasing any of your songs in any capacity, uh, which 
I, I recommend you you do release songs um, because otherwise, you know, it's what what good is a song if it just dies along with you someday, right? Like I, I know that's a little dark, but really, right? Put put it out there. Um, but you know, if maybe you have reasons or whatever, that's fine. Um, just if it's just because you're scared, don't do it. Which I know sounds a little ironic because I just talked about how I overthink things. I, I get it, but but the ultimate goal still is to release. I I will. It's just a little perfectionism in in certain parts of the recording stuff. But um, and by the way, that's not prescription. I'm not telling you you should be like me here, right? Like I, I admitted this is a fault. So. However you measure success in songwriting, that's, that's the main thing you want to be looking at, right? Maybe you don't care about releasing. Okay, how many songs are complete? How many songs are complete in such that you could do a show and put it on your set list, right? So whatever that is, honestly evaluate it. Another thing that we need to honestly evaluate is our strengths and weaknesses or maybe a better way of putting it are improvements and room for improvement. So what are the things in the last year that you think you got better at? And what are the things last year you thought held you back the most as far as skills that limited your ability to write what you wanted to write or write as well as you wanted to write? So maybe your melodies, you crushed it. You're like, yeah, my, my melodies are really, really good. But then your lyrics are, eh. and then it sort of ruins the melody, right? Because you're like, what a great emotional melody with really non-memorable lyrics. Um, so then lyrics is your, okay, this is something to work on next year to, to really dive into how do I make my lyrics better? My melodies are already good. That doesn't mean I shouldn't improve my melodies. We should want to improve every aspect of our song at, this, at the, you know, at all times, really. But you know, the things that are really tripping us up, we want to spend extra time on those things. And it's okay to kind of just like be happy with how good at melodies you are right now and not work on that if there is something that you want to concentrate on that you feel is your biggest uh, stumbling block, if you will, towards writing a great song. Or maybe you had a great year of writing songs on the guitar and you're also maybe a pianist or you're also maybe a drummer or a bass guitarist. And you realize that basically all you're writing that year was guitar, but guitar was your weapon of choice that year. And it was great. Um, but, you know, now you're like, oh, I kind of abandoned this other instrument that I really appreciate and is a good writing tool as well as a great instrument to utilize in my songs. So, for example, for me. Uh, the, the last year really was super piano heavy. I mean, I mean, super, super piano heavy. And part of it was, I think, an overreaction to I realized like, oh, my goodness, like at the time, three of the five songs on the EP were acoustic guitar based. And I always fancy myself more a pianist and I'm better at coming up with piano parts, I would say, as well. Um, so, so I think I'm I'm better with piano songs overall which doesn't mean for certain songs, of course, still guitars are better fit and all that. So you should still mix it up no matter what instrument is your best. But I think it was sort of an overreaction to that combined with uh, just learning a lot of new things and, and, and just, just 
it was just a great year for piano for me, but almost nothing on guitar. I, I think I started writing one song that was primarily on guitar. And Frame of Reference probably started writing 30 to 40 on piano. So big discrepancy there. So next year, I want to be a little less extreme in that. I prefer the piano. I think the piano is a better songwriting tool. I think I'm better at that. But I want it to be a little more balanced. 30-20 sounds better to me than like 50 and 1. So maybe your songwriting hit its stride this year. And you're like, wow, my songs are, I'm, I'm really proud of them for the first time. I, like, I, I feel good about them. But then you went to start recording songs and you realize your arrangements were just, you're just like, why does this sound so mad? It, like it ruins my song almost. The arrangement is just so boring and vanilla and bland and uninteresting and empty that like, even though I'm pretty confident I wrote a good song, the arrangement makes it so nobody would even notice there's a good song underneath it because the arrangement is so bland. And these are all just random examples, right? But the idea is look honestly at this last year and say, okay, what are the things that I, I improved on that I can celebrate so that I can be, you know, feel good about like, hey, I did something in the last year, which is important, right? Because if you look at the last year and you see no progress, that can be really discouraging, especially if you feel you put the work in and there still is no progress. So it's important to celebrate that progress. Even if you didn't hit your goals, that's okay. As long as you made progress, right? There's, there's something to celebrate there. But also, and, and, and it's good to know your improvements or your strengths because you want to play to those things. Talk about this a lot, but a really important part, I, I think of just life in general. Um, but also specifically anything creatively and songwriting specifically. You want to play to your strengths, right? Go downriver. Don't go upriver. Don't fight against the current. Write things to your strengths. And then you want to minimize weaknesses or at least minimize how much weaknesses affect your output, right? We all have weaknesses, but don't shine a spotlight on them, right? So if your weakness is maybe your vocal range is super small, you know, don't write songs where you're straining and your voice sounds really bad. Instead, just play to that. Maybe you're really good at just conversational, basic baritone vocal or alto if you're a female. Or, I mean, technically you could be a soprano or tenor and this be true of you as well. But, you know, it's okay to be sort of a James Taylor and sort of stay right right in, right in that money range of, of just just sort of talking range um, and, you know, not really hit high notes and not go low and not crazy leaps and stuff and keep it conversational. That's okay, right? Play to that. Or, or should I say play away from that weakness? Don't, don't force yourself to belt a G if you can't belt a G. Don't do it. But also it's important to know your, rooms, your room for improvement because these are the things you want to concentrate on this year. And you should write these things down too. Because writing down goals is a great way to keep yourself accountable to them. There's a lot of scientific studies that show if you don't write your goals down, they don't happen. And something like 80% higher success rate or double or something if you actually write them down. Something crazy. 
So you should write these things down too. And so another thing is to be honest about what your actual productivity was. And when I say productivity, I mean not necessarily your output, which we already talked about. But being honest about how consistent were you really in songwriting, right? How many times did you kind of turn around and say, oof, it's been a month and I didn't really do anything this month? Or, you know, how many times did you find yourself saying, oh, I'm just too busy for a couple of days or weeks straight? Uh, and then you're like, dang it, I, I was making excuses. Or maybe you weren't making excuses, you know? It's, of course, there's a lot of... <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that goes on in life, so there can be legitimacy to that. But this is all about being honest with yourself, right? Because the reality is if if this last year you just didn't get any songwriting done, like, sorry, that's on you. There, there is time. You can make time. I, I believe that. I, I, know, I know that we're all busy, and some of us are more busy than others. But, you know, whether it's sacrificing a half hour sleep here and there or whatever, there has to be some result here. Uh, but But – Outside of getting nothing done in the last year, there's a huge range. So this is where it you just have to be honest with yourself. Do you look back and think you didn't put in the work? Uh, did you spend too much time learning instead of doing? Right? There's I think in the past year it was, but there were several podcasts. I said, hey, if you have listened to, you know, X number of podcasts from me straight and haven't actually done any writing, turn this off and go songwrite. And I think there was one where in the beginning I said, hey, if you haven't written anything since the last episode, turn it off and go write. And uh, a, a friend actually said this to me the other day. Uh, he said he he was talking about learning being productive. And I found it amusing because I think this is a common conception. But learning is consumption, not production. And it's it's maybe the highest form of consumption, right? Because in theory, it better equips you for production, right? I, cer I certainly hope that you consuming this podcast helps your songwriting production. Otherwise, what do we <laughs> what do we do this for, right? What are you listening for? Um, so, so that, that is the hope, but ultimately it is consuming, not producing, right? So if you take it to the extreme, if literally all you do is watch the YouTube videos I put out and listen to the podcast, and then maybe have, let's say five other songwriting, teaching, music, teaching people that you pay attention to and you consume their content in the last year, if you just did that and you didn't actually write, you produced nothing, right? Like, so it's kind of obvious when you think about it that learning is not quote unquote productive. It can be positive, but it's not productive. It doesn't produce something, at least certainly not directly. So don't spend too much time learning instead of doing, right? So if you did find yourself, you know, you'd listen to three podcasts of mine straight, and I'm not talk, talk, talking about those of you that binge, right? That, that's a little different. But if you're listening to it weekly, every Monday when it comes out, and three Mondays go by and you haven't actually done any songwriting, it's time to turn the podcast off for a bit. Take a break. Come back when you've done some songwriting. So the other part of this is, you know, ignoring results. 
do you really feel like you put the effort and time that you feel is around what you could or should have? Hopefully the answer is yes. Right. And it's okay if it's a little off. Right. And most of us, I think, have too high expectations sometimes. And I've, I've heard the quote many times, and I think this is really true, that most people overestimate how much they can get done in a year. And then they underestimate how much they can get done in five years. At least for me, this rings super true. Um, I don't know about you, but so it's okay to be a little disappointed. Right. And I'm sure all of us say, oh, I could have done better here and here. So that's okay. That's natural. But be honest with yourself about, you know, did I really put in earnest effort this year? And then to what extent did I do that? And then from there, that sort of should inform based on the output and the weaknesses and strengths and room for improvement. That should inform what it, what is reasonable to expect for next year, right? Because maybe you feel that you just had an off year, maybe lots of bad things happened in your life and you just couldn't bring yourself to songwrite and you spent too much time drowning yourself in TV to feel better. Hey, we've all been there. No judgment, right? But if you only wrote two songs this year, but it's in context of you knowing, hey, I had an off year though, right? And I, I need to stop that. I, I need to get back on track. But I recognize that I should be able to set the bar much higher than what last year accomplished because I didn't put in the full earnest effort I normally would want to. But if you did put in close to the full earnest effort you want to, or if you know maybe your reason or excuse is quote unquote some form of busyness, right? I have X number of kids and blah, 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 you know, whatever the reason might be. And that's not gonna change next year, right? So if you're, if, if you're saying to me, Joseph, uh, you know, I, I have to cook for my family. I have to work for my family. I have to take care of my four kids. And I volunteer at, at you know, my church or some charity thing and blah, 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 and all this other stuff. And you're not quitting any of it. And most of those things you can't or shouldn't quit, right? Um, but it, it, if next year is going to look the same, then expecting yourself to accomplish much more it would be ridiculous, right? Don't, don't do that. So this is why it's important to evaluate our productivity given the time we have and how different is it going to be next year. Because another thing I hear all the time from people is this idea that like next year life is going to be less busy, right? Oh, I'll get to it when life is less busy. Those people, like basically never does life get less busy. You know when it gets less busy? when you retire, right? And these are usually, you know, 40 year olds saying it or 20 year olds saying it, right? Like uh, if, if you're single or, or married and you don't have kids yet, anybody who has children is probably laughing at us saying, you think you're going to get less busy? Like what are you, have you lost your mind? So regardless of your situation, don't, don't lie to yourself about like, Oh, I'll be less busy because just reasons. If if you have a reason to believe that, right? You're quitting certain things. You know, maybe you used to do, you used to teach dance lessons or teach karate or something, or you used to coach hockey, and now you're quitting that. You're not doing that. That's different, right? But we want to be realistic, which then brings us to finally getting towards actually, you know, not background for your 2022 goals, but getting into the meat of this. We want to be realistic, but push ourselves. 
So none of this, I want to release a song a week next year when you finish 10 songs this year. Right? That's expecting five times plus more output. Probably not something you want to do. What you want to do is set a goal or set goals so that I think the sweet spot is somewhere like 60 to 75%. If, if you accomplish 60 to 75% of your goals, you're making pretty good progress and you're still trending way higher than sort of the person next door. Because the, the reality is a lot of people have no goals and don't do really much of anything and kind of lie to themselves that they do stuff, right? Like everybody's busy all the time, but then at the end of the year, I've even done this with some friends. I'm like, so what, so what did you accomplish in the last year? And they get real embarrassed real fast and a little uh, embarrassed might be the wrong word, but they get real like, oh my, I, I, I don't know. I just kind of like went to work, came home and I have nothing to show for it. I think my net worth went up a little bit, but that's about it, right? We want to avoid that. And if you make goals so that if you accomplish even 60 to 75% of it, right, which is, that's barely passing, right? You're still making good progress. And really, it's something worth celebrating at the end of the year. And if you do 75 to 90% of your goal, it really feels like you crushed it. And really what you're aiming for, well, you're aiming for 100%, but really what you expect to get is 75 to 90%. Because if you're constantly hitting your goals in time, then they're, they're just not stretching you enough, right? It's too easy. You know, so, so make it something that you won't quite achieve. That way it pushes you. But also, it's not so out of reach that you don't spend all year like, I can't do this, and get demotivated. So if you nail every goal most years, probably not aiming high enough. If you never nail one or even get 50% of the way to one, then you probably need to lower your aim a bit, right? And then write your plan down. Full disclosure, what I do starting last year, and I didn't do a great job at accomplishing the quote-unquote checklist of it, but it did result in easily my most overall productive year, um, is I sort of broke it down into two things. One is stuff I want to do every week, so it's more or less habit goals, right? So examples of habit goals would be something like, you know, I want to dedicate at least three, or you can just say three hours a week to songwriting, right? Because that's not producing anything necessarily as far as like, there's no, you know, sometimes 10 hours of songwriting will result in two song seeds. And sometimes 10 hours of songwriting might result in two finished songs, right? We can't control that part completely, but we can control how much time we put into it. And we want goals to be something that we can control or at least mostly control. So I have those type goals. And then I have a single goal per quarter that I consider a project goal. So for example, in this next upcoming year, my Q1 quarter goal is to finish and release the EP that I've been talking about for way too long. That's my, because that's a big thing, right? That's not a small thing. That is a, a big thing. And if you accomplish something even close to that big once a quarter, you're going to feel pretty baller by the end of the year, right? So that's my Q1 one. 
And then I have some songwriter theory, uh, songwriter theory projects that we won't talk about yet. That is a goal for quarter two. And then, um, and then fast forwarding a little bit, quarter four is releasing a Christmas single that m- might come with an, another Christmas song as well. Maybe it will be like an a, a side, B side type th- thing. And that one's purposefully a little less aggressive, uh, right? It's not a whole EP, partially because um, last year I was a little too aggressive in my goals, so I'm trying to roll them back this year. And I'm purposefully giving quarters that can be catch-up quarters in case I am over- underestimating how long certain goals take. You don't have to do the quarters thing, right? I'm just giving you an idea of what I've been doing, what I did last year, and what I'm doing again this year. Uh, I think it's very helpful because it gives clarity on exactly what I should work on at any given time. Because really, I have clarity on, for example, every week I must release one podcast and two videos. That's non-negotiable. Right now it's you know, a podcast on Monday, a video on Monday, and then a video on Thursday. Uh, last year was a bit of a mess. Uh, there were weeks that there were I, did, I tried three videos and one podcast for a while. Realized it just wasn't sustainable uh, without me spending literally all my time on songwriter theory. Um, it was hard to get too much done in other departments, songwriting mostly. Uh, so, and and then there are a couple times I like I only got to release one video a week, and once I think I messed up and forgot to schedule before going on vacation, and then the files were messed up or I left them at home or something. So there's like a week or two that there wasn't any video. And I realized, okay, clearly I I set the bar too high. So now it's two videos a week, which so far seems to be super sustainable and a much better plan. So that's non-negotiable. I must do those things. But then when I'm not doing those things and then my you know certain amount of songwriting per week, the, the next thing is, well, what's your goal? Oh, it's to release the EP. So what do I work on? Whatever needs to be done to achieve that one thing. So speaking of an EP, if you're thinking, okay, you've said a lot of stuff and you haven't given me anything specific, and that's intentional, right? You need you need to determine for yourself. I, I couldn't possibly know what is legitimate as far as goals for you when it comes to songwriting. I don't know, right? I, I don't know where you're at. I don't know how busy you are with life. I don't know what season of life you're in. So I don't know what is most reasonable for you. Which is why you need to evaluate all these things yourself. But if you were to ask, after all this, Joseph, give me something tangible that I can just blindly be like, okay, that's my goal. Release an EP. Don't do albums uh, for, for many reasons. One is there's too many songs. And either... and. Uh, I think I have a whole episode just about why you should do EPs and not albums. And really the whole industry seems to be going that direction. And I I saw an article recently that Disturbed is like, yeah, we're not doing albums anymore. It doesn't make sense. People only ever hear two or three of the songs. So we're just going to do EPs instead. Which if you don't know, EPs stands for Extended Play, and it's generally four to six songs. And so I'd recommend that as a goal, right? Say, you know, four to six songs, EP, finish that in the year. Whether that means that you actually release it or you just finish five songs so that you could record an EP, right? Are you including recording in this? That's all up to you. 
I highly recommend getting into recording. It's very cheap these days. You can record stuff that sounds amazing for very low price. You can learn to mix from people like Graham Cochran over at The Recording Revolution. He's great. Or you can, uh, I prefer to sort of outsource it. I learned how to do it, but I, and at the end, I kind of just feel like I need a fresh set of eyes because if I do literally everything on it, uh, just sometimes it helps to see have another person touch it. Um, but that's all up to you. But a good place to start is an EP a year. And there's many reasons for this. Uh, one, one of them is that if you, let's say, let's take five songs. If you think about your favorite artists, they probably release at best a 10 ish song album every two years at best. Most of my favorite artists are at the point that they release a 10 song album every four years, which equates to 2.5 songs per year. So if you do a single EP every year, you will be trending with or better than almost all the artists who are actually paid to do this. And yes, I get that they're on tour and their main job isn't recording. And I, I get that. Um, but that's a pretty great place to trend, right? Because let's say you're 25 years old. You accomplish this uh, for the next five years. You have a catalog of 25 songs. By the time you're 30. That's pretty great, right? Tw 25 songs is is enough that you could do, you know, uh, that's plenty for a full set list, right? Full set list, I think, is usually like 10, 12 songs. You have enough to literally not play half of your songs for a set list, right? You're halfway to a greatest hits. Just kidding. But so, sort of, right? I mean, some, some artists have one or two albums and then they're done. You might have more total songs released than your favorite artist. If you like, if one of the artists you loved was one of those. So EP, that's my suggestion. Oh, the other side, the other reason not album and EP is besides the fact that most people tragically don't listen to albums the way they should be listened to, which is from front to back. But be, besides all of that, um, the longer, you spend on something and the longer, the more you put into it, the more set up for disappointment you can be. So almost definitely, because you could say, oh, I could do a 10 song album every two years instead. And I think albums are cool. So I'll do that. Yeah. Um, but then you only drum up excitement for what you did once every two years instead of once a year. So that gives people two years to lose interest. Uh, partially, it also puts two years of pressure on the album instead of one year, right? If you spend a year making an EP and then, you know, even the people close to you are like, they, they don't seem to care and it just feels disappointing and you don't love what happened and it just kind of, it was a disappointment. Okay, it was a year. And a year in the scheme of things is nothing. If you spend two years putting all your time and effort into an album, that has the same reaction. That is super disappointing because <laughs> it's two years you sunk into it, right? So that's the other side of this. It's just sort of for your songwriter psychological health, releasing less more often is better. So hey, if you want to go next level and you are like, I don't even care about telling a story at all. I don't want a collection of songs. I'll just throw out singles. Fine. Do a single per quarter. 
That's four total songs. So my quarter goals, all right, each one is a song that you finish and release. And, you know, if release is you just grabbing your acoustic guitar, turning on your iPhone or Android camera and, you know, singing it and throwing it up on YouTube. Cool. Right. So that's what I recommend. First, evaluate last year. Be honest with yourself. Then from there, take the time, write down what you want to accomplish this year. Push yourself with these accomplishments at a bare minimum, right? Like, or, or if, you, if, you, if you want me to give you an answer, you know, either EP or quarterly single. EP for the year or quarterly single. Pick one of those if you don't want to go through the whole exercise. It also should be noted that for the EP, you could do a quote-unquote live EP. Literally, you know, take your guitar or piano or whatever you use and record it quote-unquote live in your basement or in your bedroom and be done, right? So even for the EP thing, it doesn't have to mean you do this whole production, which, by the way, is not that big a deal and is a load of fun, which is why I keep trying to encourage all of you to get into recording. you got to get into recording. It's great. Uh, There are frustrations there, but once you get beyond it, it's just great. So hopefully this was helpful to you. Uh, Make sure that you set yourself up for for a great year, do this before the new year, right? So have your plan, have your goals done before January 1st. I don't, I don't care if you're at a party for Christmas Eve or not Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve and like go off in a corner and at least write a, a something simple, right? Just, just write down the like, all right, fine. I'll just do the one song per quarter. Figure it out, write it down. That's a great way to start. It gives you clarity going into the new year. It gives you something to be motivated towards for the new year. It gives you something to aim towards. Goals are great. So I highly recommend you do this. So thank you for listening. Thank you for being a listener for this 2021, especially if you've been riding here with me uh, the last year or longer, you know, another year's down. So I appreciate every single one of you for that. I appreciate how many of you left reviews this past year. And then uh, Merry Christmas to all of us, or me, I guess, uh, because Spotify has reviews too. So if you are a Spotify listener, now not only can you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, which is still going to be the most helpful, you on Spotify can now leave reviews. So if for any of you on Spotify that haven't left reviews for that reason, that it didn't have it, hey, now allegedly it does. So if you could leave a kind review there, that would be greatly, greatly appreciated. So let's all go into the new year with our goals clear so that we have clarity on what we're trying to do this year, the things we're trying to improve on this year, which, by the way, I didn't touch on enough, I don't think. So just very quickly, make sure you also have specific parts of your skill set that you're trying to address, whether that's lyric writing, whether it's that you want to get better with modes, whether it's that your guitar soloing isn't very good, you know, your lead playing maybe, or 
whether it's that you feel that you're mostly an acoustic guitarist and you're getting into electric guitar, but you feel lost by all the pedals and all the sounds and you don't really know how to use them or, you know, a certain style of writing piano, or maybe, you know, maybe you, you are mostly a guitarist now, you quit piano lessons at six, but now you're like, you know what, piano would be a great tool for songwriting. Maybe I should get back into it, right? So take an honest assessment of, we talked about strengths and weaknesses, improvements, room for improvement. This is sort of on that. Be sure to have goals as far as here's something specifically in my songwriting, a weakness or in my skill sets that help in songwriting, right? So how good at your instrument is an important part of songwriting. Um, it certainly is helpful to become more competent at our instruments, and that includes our voices. So also be sure to have goals on that. Let's have an awesome year. Thank you for being a listener. I appreciate every single one of you. Again, if you haven't already, be sure to grab my 10 different ways to start writing a song jumpstart guide. That way you can jumpstart into the new year with your songwriting and towards your songwriting goals. It's at songwritertheory.com slash free guide. I also mentioned the lyric checklist. If you struggle with lyrics, this is definitely the place I would go. It's at songwritertheory.com slash lyric checklist. It gives you the six steps that I go through. It breaks down lyric writing into smaller steps that are easier to accomplish, that are easier to do well. It takes away the overwhelm of staring at a blank page, actually expecting yourself to quote unquote write lyrics. Um, that probably doesn't go well for you because it doesn't go well for most people because it's expecting too much from yourself because uh, you're basically asking yourself to improvise poetry is essentially what you're doing when you stare at a blank page and say, hey, let's write lyrics. Like, okay, improvisational poetry, like that's that's not an easy thing. So be sure to check that out as well. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate every single one of you. I'll talk to you in the next one.